you're listening to the Talk of the Tribe, Wapsie Valley Warrior Podcast, brought to you by Little Wapsie Communications. Their state-of-the-art fiber network is complete in Fairbank, ready to serve your home or business with the fastest internet in town. Orin Mutual Telephone Company, serving the area since 1911, Orin Mutual is a modern, independently-owned telephone company providing internet and telephone services to Orin, Iowa, and the surrounding rural area. RTC Communications. They are here to provide high-quality, superior service to you, the customer, by offering great customer service and the services you want and need to work and stay connected with family and friends. This is the Talk of the Tribe podcast, coming to you from the center of warrior country. Here are your hosts. Zach Favors, and Riker Oberly. Alrighty, welcome to episode 19 of the Talk to Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Zach Favors, who is not joined today by Riker Oberly. He is currently in Waverly on an orthodontist appointment. So, we're just going to roll it today. I had to get one out. I'm heading to Utah tomorrow, so I had to get one out today before, uh, before I left. So... That's the goal today. We're getting through the uh, the episode here. We got a final look at fall sports. I guess uh, playoff football is our last thing we're going to talk about in the fall sports season. And then um, we got some winter sports coming up. We're excited about that. It's finally here. <laughs> I call it one of the best seasons of sports ever. With that transition from football, you get playoff high school football into basketball and wrestling. So it's I mean it's a great time to be a sports fan. So <clears throat> recapping. Uh, playoff football, Wapsie made it to the quarterfinal round. We said that, and we kind of, I think uh, Riker and I predicted at the start of the year, I predicted they were going to make it to the Dome. I didn't say, I said, uh, I, I thought they were going to make it to the state championship game. I really did, um, the way this team looked, and I, I knew every Wapsie team that has ever existed, maybe besides one or two, always is Way better, about a thousand times better when we get to the playoffs. Because I will say, going to that Denver game in the early games of the season, it did not look particularly like this was a state championship team. Now, when we get into the playoffs around the Kirkland Valley time, that's when I was like, "Ooh, there's a real chance we go to the we go to the state title game this year." And they, you know, they they welcomed in a very good West Hancock team, a rematch of last year's uh, playoff second round playoff game, uh, which West Hancock uh, won that game 16-9, to I believe. Um, but this game had a much different story. West Hancock came into the game, four running backs who had rushed over 500 yards, 500 to around 750 yards between all five. Um, they each had run for over 500 yards. And Wapsie had a great defense. They haven't given up really any points for like the past six weeks. They've given up like 12 to 18 points over the last few weeks. Um, pitching shutouts against Pococona Valley, AGWSR, teams like South Wind Sheik, North Tamar. Um, but, so we figured this was going to be a little bit more of a scoring game. We had two very good defenses, two offenses that relied heavily in the run game. It was going to be a low scoring game. Well, it was definitely not. West Hancock picked up the victory over Wapsie Valley, 44-22, to doubling Wapsie Valley's points, uh, point total that night. And, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a rough go at it for the Warriors. The defense, I don't know. 
44 points is you're never going to win many games if you give up 44 points. But, I mean, Wapsie was there until about the fourth quarter. Middle of the fourth quarter, it kind of looked like things were starting to slip away uh, from them. We'll get to a more uh, in-depth look at this game real quick. I'm just pulling up varsity bound to get all the stats real quick. So, for the winning team, West Hancock, uh, their quarterback, Mitchell Smith, had one pass that was caught for 35 yards. Yeah, if you want to talk about a uh, a run-first offense, that's that's that right there. One pass, and it was caught. <laughs> that was it. Just one pass. And uh, they their rushing attack was even better. Um, their leading rusher, Kale Zool, he's a senior, 31 carries for 183 yards. He averaged a yard per carry, about six yards per carry, four touchdowns. On the night for him, um, I mean, yeah, it was just, and then uh, Mitchell Smith as well, their quarterback, 13 carries, 97 yards, about seven and a half yards a carry for a single touchdown. Kill Zool scored 24 out of 44 points. That's crazy. Their rushing attack alone scored, we'll say around, I mean, they did. I don't think they kicked a field goal at all. All they did was go for two. So they scored. I mean, their rushing attack pretty much did it. The entire uh, workforce did it. But that night, 319 rushing yards. I will say it was a little bit of a bold move from uh, Cody Jones to go to a three-man front, especially the, from this heavy of a run-first offense. They switched to a five-front later in the game, but to uh, no success. So. I, I, Cody Jones is in a little bit of a tough spot there. He had a foster with the offense. It wasn't really working for him all night. Uh, they had a good rushing attack, and they had a they had a lot of good things come out of that game, but it just wasn't it wasn't good enough for them to uh, to get going. Mm. Defensively, they did have. All right, we'll look at special teams quick. They did have one kick return for a touchdown. Jackson Peterson had two returns for 105 yards, an average of 52 and a half yards of return, and one touchdown. If you want to know, they started off the second half kick return for a touchdown. There you go. Pretty good. Uh, they also had one fumble recovery. They had four sacks. The offensive line, uh, Kind of, uh, I mean, Decker was wandering around in that pocket. Um, I do not believe they had any interceptions. No, yeah, I do not believe they had any interceptions. So, Decker did a great job of taking care of the football besides uh, one time. Uh, I mean, that, we, I, I think we said coming in that if Wapsie makes any mistakes, they have to play a perfect football game. And that's really hard to do against a good team. So, with Hancock going on to the Dome, he'll be taking on Woodbury Central, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 95% sure it's Woodbury Central. Um, on Thursday, which is two days from now, and then uh, the other Class A game happening in the Dome, Madrid will be taking on East Buchanan. And that East Buchanan team is on a mission. Let it be known, I believe that uh, if I had to make a pick for state title game this year. I think East Buchanan is going to win the state title. I think they beat Woodbury Central this week. So, there you have it. There's my pick. 
But uh, moving on to Wapsie Valley stats here, Trayton Sauerbein in his final game as a Warrior had 14 carries for 91 yards, averaged about 6.5 yards per carry. Keenan Decker had 17 carries, so more than Trayton Sauerbein, for only 58 yards, 3.4 yards per carry for two touchdowns. Trayton Sauerbein in his final game as a Warrior did not record a single touchdown on the ground. Receiving-wise, Trayton Sauerbein had one reception for a yard. Ian Bizinski had two receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Curley had one reception for 32 yards. Defensively, Wapsie recorded zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, 48 total tackles and 28 solo tackles. No fumbles, no interceptions. Um, kick return-wise, Dallas Tissue had two returns for 24 yards. Trayton Sauerbrei had three returns for 43 yards. Ian Bozinski had one return for 20 yards. Tucker Latterbird, I believe, went had four kickoffs for a 164 yards. And I do not believe he made a field goal. May I? I take that back. He was two for two on PATs. And then Chase Ackerman was he had one punt for 48 yards. By the way, I want to point this out. Chase Ackerman made special teams MVP as a punter, so congrats to him. We had a lot of first-team players. We had a, a quite a bit second-team players. We had two honorable mentions. We had two MVPs in Trayton Sarbri uh, for offense, I believe. And then we had uh, uh, Chase Ackerman for the punter. So congrats to them. Uh, congrats to everybody who made first-team, second-team, or honorable mentions. Congrats to all of them. But now we move on to... Winter sports, basketball, wrestling, all the sports here at Wapsie Valley. Going into the winter, I really like this wrestling team that we're setting up this year. We did lose uh, a few guys last year that will hurt us, Dawson Schmidt especially. Um, he was kind of the workhorse of this team. We have some, some good company. Kane and Decker will be back as a, uh, a junior, and we still have two more years of Kane and Decker. I believe he has what it takes to to go far in uh, the state tournament. Uh, I believe. Um, I'm trying to think of everybody else we have. We we have a lot of young freshmen. Landon Frost made it to the state tournament uh, last year. I expect him to be pretty good this year. Um, Kaden Belinsky, he's going to be pretty good. He has been wrestling a lot of tournaments over the last few weeks. I expect him to be really good, holding it down at 106. Um, Obviously, Kanan Decker. Uh, when we get to the back half of the lineup, you're gonna be looking at a lot of young guys. You're looking at some guys like uh, Derek Hilson Bag. I know he, I know he's a senior, but he's gonna be. I believe he's bumping up to 285 this year, so he would not be a 170 pounder wrestling 285. So that's good. Um, but we did lose quite a bit of people in that back half. With Ian Brown, uh, he was really good. He unfortunately graduated, and then. You know, you're looking at a lot of young guys on this Wapsie Valley team. So, I believe they are going to go far this year. I mean, this Wapsie Valley wrestling team is known for being good uh, every year. So, they're known for being contenders. So, I expect them uh, to, to contend. And we're looking at basketball-wise. Um, yeah, basketball is going to change a lot. The entire starting five is going to change. I expect to see a lot of younger guys, maybe some juniors, some sophomores. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of different people that starting five because last year the entire starting five was seniors so I expect to see you're going to see a lot of new faces 
but I expect this team to kind of rotate more. We saw last year it was kind of the mainstay of Andrew Westfall, Casey O'Donnell, and Mason Harder. Those were the three guys that were in kind of the whole time. And then that, that starting five was in a lot at Wapsie Valley. So I expect a little bit more rotational basis this year. I don't know what Marty McCown wants to do. We're probably going to preview that um, here in the next few episodes with uh, Marty and we might get Brian Crawl on to preview wrestling. Um, also, robotics. We haven't talked about robotics at all on this podcast. But they uh, they are something that <coughs> excuse me, even though they fly under the radar here at Wapsie Valley Baseball, like not being a big program like football or basketball, they are very successful. Uh, they won a tournament over the weekend. They placed first out of, I believe, six teams at a, at a tournament. And then they are rolling it. They almost made it to the world championships last year. They placed really high at state championships. So they have done a, a great job with uh, that robotics uh, program. Mr. Gross, or Vaughn Gross, I should say, um, has done a great job with that robotics program. So, I guess, moving on, Wapsie Valley is going to have nine basketball home games this year. I will be on the call for all nine of them, along with, we have a lot more wrestling home duels this year, so I will be on the call for those too. So, be sure to check those out, give them a look, and uh, I mean, it's it's going to be good. Uh, these teams are going to be good this year, like they always are, so you could come out support, or if you can't be there to support the teams, be able to watch online and support our live stream and support your teams from the comfort of your own home. So, moving on to uh, some segments here. First off, as always, we're going to some screen time. I don't have Rikers, unfortunately, so I will be both a winner and a loser today. We're going to see what it is for me. Um... You're looking at five hours and 41 minutes for me. So, I guess that, that's that's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. So, uh, yeah. Five hours, 41 minutes for me. Um, but now, I guess to the segment you've all been waiting for, it's the Talk to the Tribe Athlete of the Week. Now, here's the deal. Alright? This, uh, this is a pretty uh, contended for... Award. I don't know if contended's a word. That's probably not a word. Uh, but anyways, there's a lot of contenders for the Talk of the Tribe Athlete of the Week every week. This week, though, we have a little bit of a... Uh, I was thinking about who uh, who deserves to be Athlete of the Week this week. I was thinking about it. There's some people that had good opportunities. Briggs Bamey. Just kidding. Uh... <laughs> Shout out to Briggs. He he asked me to shout him out on the podcast. So there you go. Um, but there's a lot of contenders. I think Jackson Adair has a real shot at it. Jake Shore had a has a real shot at it. Um, I mean, just for what they've done on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, you could look at Tucker Latterberg. He's done great uh, special teams wide offense and defense. He stepped in at center this year, um, which he was he started out as right guard moved to center halfway through the season. He's been a clean fit for him ever since. So, he's done a great job. Um, I could look at Brock Kleitch. He's done an amazing job as well. Um, holding it down on the right side with Tanner Curley. Kanan Decker, as always. And Obviously, you can never forget about Trayton Sauerbrei. Um, which, I will say, it's not Sauerbrei or Decker this week. 
I feel like I just give it to him too much. I can't. I can't just give it to Sourbrai every week. And finally, for the first time in what seems like forever, Sourbrai did not run for 500 rushing yards and eight touchdowns in a week. So, yeah, I I am thinking about who it's gonna be. And uh, this was this this winner of the Talk Tribe Athlete of the Week was suggested um, by a Warrior fan himself, my my dad, Andy Babers. He suggested that I give it to uh, Jake Shore. So Jake Shore is our Athlete of the Week this week. Um, he's done a great job all year. I think we, we haven't talked about it much, uh, about his defensive impact. He's had a uh, just a, an amazing, phenomenal season on the defensive side of the ball with how many sacks he's had, tackles for loss, solo tackles even, at a spot where defensive end where, I mean, half the time the ball's not even going to come your way. Um, I mean, it could go on the opposite side of the field almost all the time, and you know he's still making a big impact on uh, on offenses. And and speaking of offense, on the offensive side, he is a lockdown at left tackle. Um, he has not really missed a step there all season. Uh, he's been a, a great blocker. They've had that's. Trayton Sauerbrei has to be very thankful for uh, <laughs> to be able to run behind Jack, uh, Jackson Adair and Jake Shore on that left side of that line because they they hold it down over there. So shout out to Jake Shore. He's talk trip athlete of the week uh, this week. So shout out to him. And uh, we're moving on into winter sports. So you're gonna get to see more of a, a mixed bag of athlete of the weeks. We're gonna have men's basketball, women's basketball, um, wrestling. Heck, I, I could give it to some robotics people if I wanted to. Uh, which, that could be interesting if they do well enough. Um, but, you never know. If you have ideas, you have suggestions, you have topics you want to see talked about on the Talk to Tribe podcast, let us know. Um, you can talk to Brett Bergman, Blake Boer, uh, anybody. You can talk to me. You can talk to Riker. Just tell one of us what, what ideas, what suggestions you have, stuff you want to see on the podcast. We'll, we'll take uh, all opinions. So... I believe that's going to be all. This is a little bit of a shorter episode. I didn't have a whole lot planned uh, today. Try to get through. I think I went through things a little bit too quickly, but that's all right. So, plus, I got to get going. So, we thank you for listening to this episode of Talk to Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Babers, who is not joined by Riker Overly today. But, hey, we'll be back next week, hopefully, and I'll be back next week as well. So, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Talk to Tribe Podcast. We'd like to thank uh, Brett Bergman, Blake Boer. Shane Kelly, everybody who helps the broadcast, everybody who helps the podcast as well. And by the way, before I sign off quick, I have heard that we, everybody liked the uh, the volleyball promo video that we did. If you're listening to the Soccer Tribe podcast and you want to see the promo video make a return for basketball and wrestling, let us know. We'll make it happen. It was not my idea that that got taken down. Blake wanted to take it down because he didn't like it that much. I thought it was hilarious. I've heard from a lot of people they thought it was hilarious. So we'll bring it back. You just got to let us know and let us know that you want it back. So uh, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Talk Tribe Podcast, episode 19. We're on to winter sports season. It's going to be a great time. So until next time, go Warriors. Go Warriors.